Hey, welcome to the uh, 20th episode of The Cosmic Egg, and we're on part two of Season of the Witch. Must be the season of the witch. Must be the season of the witch, yeah. Must be the season of the witch. Where's the witch? Which way did she go? Which is which? All right, this week we're going to get a little deeper into what witchcraft is and what a witch is. We'll be playing a variety of types of music. As mentioned in part one, I think, there is no such thing as witchcraft music, per se. Any music or piece of music can be used in a ritual if it suits that ritual perfectly. When thinking about witchcraft or witches, uh, one really needs to take oneself back to those pagan times um, when every birth was considered an immaculate birth because men had no idea they had any part in impregnation, conception. Women were held, and rightfully so, with awe and fear uh, because they were the only creators. They were the only ones giving birth. So it was the great goddess and Mother Earth um, and the ancient uh, artifacts being dug up are often of the goddess, and she's often seen, of course, as pregnant. So this is why, in a lot of these rituals and whatnot with witchcraft, this is why women and the moon play such a gigantic role, among many other reasons. Witchcraft, being very earth and nature oriented, um, has celebrations uh, that surround nature. Uh, you'll hear a talk of the eight Sabbaths, which celebrate such things as the spring equinox or the autumnal equinox, or the summer solstice, the winter solstice. Their next celebration, most people know as Halloween and is celebrated on October 31st. And Halloween, of course, comes from the celebration called Samhain and, of course, is celebrated on October 31st and it celebrates the November 1st New Year. Keep in mind that this period of uh, the year is fall and everything is uh, transforming and um, the leaves are falling and changing color and everything's kind of going through that transformation. This is one of the reasons why it's called uh, the New Year. In the uh, patriarchal, later patriarchal societies, it's uh, more run by the uh, masculine um, sun. And so you have their uh, New Year based on the winter solstice. And so the uh, transformation that's taking place in nature is shown in this celebration of Samhain uh, and, or Halloween, where nothing is what it seems, everything's transforming. Uh, when it comes to rituals, there are innumerable examples, uh, way too many to, to mention, and they can be for almost any reason. Uh, the most basic ones would be rituals centered around such things as the Sabbaths, you know, and celebrations like that, paying homage to uh, gods and goddesses, uh, spirits uh, of the North, East, South, and West, and so on and so forth. Uh, rituals are like music. It just depends on what you're trying, what the intent is. And so there's a ritual for anything, really. Um, as far as uh, the consistent rituals, these would be nature-based, of course. Your eight Sabbaths would be rituals surrounding that. Certain celebrations of certain goddesses. Uh, there could be daily rituals. It depends on the culture the time period and uh, whatnot, uh, which will uh, reflect uh, what types of rituals they do. And so we are headed 
for All Souls Night, Halloween, Sawin. Because Sawin does represent the new year, it is one of the uh, bigger celebrations of the uh, eight Sabbaths. Here's a song about Sawin called All Souls Night by the illustrious Lorena McKenna. If you get the chance to see Lorena McKennett, please do. She is phenomenal. I've seen her uh, last two tours. She is incredible. When it comes to the uh, witch's circle, a witch's circle is usually the size that is divisible by uh, three. So it could be uh, six feet if that's all the space you need, uh, nine feet, 12 feet, uh, depending on how many people and what space is needed. And the reason it's three is because three is the only number that is, represents a cre uh, eternal creativity. Uh, now, the, the circle represents many things, uh, but primarily, of course, it's your working space. It's where you will contain the energy. <clears throat> it's also your limitation as a person, your ego. You're not the entire world. So it is your individual area. It is also a circle of eternity, you know, the never-ending circle which connects it to the ideas of infinity, eternity. Within the circle, uh, of course, is there's generally an altar, which is so often placed in the north, though it may be found in the east for different reasons. Uh, and on the altar, of course, you're gonna have your uh, candles, your, uh, depending, what, uh, depending on what um, form of uh, witchcraft, what part of the world, what time period, you may find an athame, candles, pentacle, uh, you'll find a chalice, a sword, scourge, garter. You may find a particular food or drink that is associated with the uh, god or goddess or uh, certain spirits. Uh, in uh, witchcraft, of course, you may find what they call a book of shadows, which is uh, really a book of uh, various uh, rituals and whatnot. Uh, the next topic I wanted to include uh, was be spells. Everybody's heard about spells, casting spells. I don't want to confuse this with curses. So what is a spell? Well, it's just as it sounds, like spelling. So casting a spell generally involves uh, written and spoken uh, verses or words. The uses and uh, meanings of casting a spell can differ um, from place to place, generation to generation, uh, over time. If you're reading a book and you get lost in that book and you're transported in that book, uh, as it were, then that author has successfully put a spell on you. People who hope to put a spell on you, you might say, through uh, spelling or speaking, are, um, let's see, politicians, salespeople, motivational speakers, uh, evangelists, priests, missionaries. 
religious groups in general, cults. For the salesperson, of course, the spell is temporary. He uh, basically um, puts your critical faculties at abeyance by continually talking and you're constantly seeing what he's kind of shaping for you. And of course, this is comparable to uh, inspirational speakers. There are a lot of songs about spell casting. Almost all of them involve uh, love or revenge, love gone wrong. Another word uh, some people might be wondering about is the word familiar. Uh, you will often hear that in uh, witchcraft, Wiccan circles, and uh, they'll often hear it as uh, somebody having a familiar is their cat. Their cat is their familiar. Uh, to many, uh, the familiar is um, a spirit that is there to uh, help protect them along their way, to help guide them. In earlier times, familiars weren't seen as physical beings, but rather more like thought forms or spiritual entities, but which basically serve the same purpose, to help protect and assist. Cats have been associated with witches for thousands of years. This is going back to the, um, you know, the Dark Ages, the medieval times and whatnot especially. Uh, cats are, of course, uh, nocturnal. Their habits and behaviors of their paths they take, uh, uh, they have a mysterious side to them. Uh, of course, black cats, just by the very nature of their color, became the favored cat to be uh, associated with the uh, witches. The moon plays a primary role in uh, witchcraft uh, because it does go back to the pagan times uh, some of the moon goddesses you may have heard about are like uh, Diana, the Roman goddess, the Huntress, uh, Selene, or Artemis, the Greek. Uh, you may have heard of uh, Rhiannon, the goddess of fertility in the moon, um, whose name means uh, Night Queen. Um, she is the goddess of uh, night and death. Uh, the song Rhiannon I played in uh, part one. Uh, it is a song done by uh, Fleetwood Mac. Witches are often associated with um, death cemeteries, um, working with the dead, necromancy, speaking with the dead, communicating with the dead, um, going to the spirit world, uh, conjuring the dead, such as in seances. 
or with channeling, uh, communicating through various uh, div uh, means of divination. All of this is reflective of the season fall, Samhain or Halloween, and when everything's in transformation, rebirth. Another thing I wanted to touch on is uh, covens. Of course, uh, this is going to differ with uh, every country and every group is how they're going to run their own coven and how many members. Most people believe that there are only going to be 12 members or the 13th member, you know, that sort of thing in a coven. And maybe there's some out there that are like that, um, but not generally. So covens will differ with each coven. And so you kind of have to look into each coven to see, you know, where they practice, what kind of rites they practice, and all the other stuff. And, uh, you know, um, generally you'll have a high priestess and high priest functioning within the coven and uh, so on and so forth. And grading, as well as grades and uh, passing initiations and all that. Uh, sometimes the initiation will be passing the elements of fire, water, air, and earth. And different things are set up for different people. It depends on the organization and the coven. So that's basically me tiptoeing through witchcraft because it is so complex. There is so much information. I couldn't possibly even cover, uh, you know, uh, even the smallest portion of it. It's just too vast a subject. However, I'm going to rhyme off a few books uh, just in case there's listeners who want to look deeper into Wicca or witchcraft. Here are a few books uh, that you can pick up that are fairly popular. Uh, from different uh, sectors of witchcraft and different types of witchcraft. Uh, first, with Wicca, which was brought out in 1954 by Gerald Gardner, who wanted to reintroduce the world to the old ways. Uh, he paid Aleister Crowley to write his rituals, his Book of Shadows, and then went on and uh, formed what's called Wicca. And uh, they have different symbols, like the Triple Goddess, which is an amazing symbol of three moon phases, uh, uh, representing the three phases of a woman's life. The maiden, the mother, and the crone. The young woman, the mature woman, and the wise old woman. Maiden, mother, crone. Um, and that's like a triple moon symbol. So for Wicca, I would suggest uh, G uh, Gerald Gardner, either his uh, Gardnerian uh, Book of Shadows, which would be excellent because that has the actual rituals, um, which were done by Aleister Crowley. So you can't go wrong there because that's a very knowledgeable guy there. And he um, also brought out Witchcraft Today, which you can pick up, and that's actually written by Gerald Gardner, completely. Uh, there's also Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft, 1986, I believe, first edition. Uh, there's also A Witch's Bible, The Complete Witch's Handbook by Janet and Stuart Farrar. Um, I believe that came out in 1984. I have that edition. Excellent book. There's also Scott Cunningham on Wicca, which includes his own Book of Shadows which is another uh, good book to pick up. Uh, basically, the older the book, the better. Modern books, you might even want to try to avoid those because they have to keep coming up with new stuff in order to keep publishing and making money. So just the, the older, the better. And another thing to look up, if you want to be more active in witchcraft or even political or meeting people who are more active in general, you can um, Google Reclaiming Tradition. Reclaiming Tradition, or go to www.witchcamp.org and check out the Reclaiming Tradition. It's all around the world now. It's huge. And for people who want to be active in um, 
not just learning uh, witchcraft and stuff, but also be active uh, in, in terms of uh, women's rights and stuff, and, and so on and so forth. Okay, and lastly, uh, I think I touched on hoodoo, voodoo in the part one. This was originally about healing. It got turned around into hurting and pricking people, with, pricking the doll with pins and whatnot. Make, it's a much better Hollywood movie than uh, making a doll to uh, make someone's um, illness go away or to help them. Uh, curses, uh, the evil eye, all of this sort of stuff comes out mainly from the superstitious periods. You know, in the medieval times and whatnot, things went really far out. So you have a, a, a ton of superstitious stuff surrounding witchcraft. Probably if you stacked it out one on top of the other, it'd be as high as, you know, uh, Mount Everest. There is a lot of uh, uh, ridiculousness surrounding witchcraft and Wicca and, um, and what people believe in now. And often you'll find people making up their own rules to things and just, just go with whatever feels right to you, you know. And, and so it gets a pretty uh, ridiculous in some areas. So that's why I suggest those books and stuff and uh, being very careful about which places you uh, join, if any. I prefer the study of magic with a K, although I am uh, also consider myself a witch in many ways, just because, you know, it's my background and stuff like this. Um, but I'm very attached with science and whatnot, animals, nature, the universe. That's kind of where my witchcraft is at that. Uh, and seeing, being connected to the earth and stuff and to various animals and, and all that sort of stuff. One does really not need to fear black magic curses from another person because if you have studied magic or witchcraft long enough and hard enough to reach the point where you can actually cause a considerable effect at a distance, you've also reached the point to know that that's not what you do. And in fact, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to reach that point where you could cause those effects uh, and do black magic because uh, it's a different path altogether in which to gain that sort of ability. It's very hard to explain, but yeah, not likely do you have to worry very much about black magic spells being cast by people. These are people who are generally harming themselves in the long run. And of course, there's always protection rituals and stuff that you can engage in, which are pretty effective. It's pretty easy to defend yourself against somebody who's off their path and trying to get involved with your path, and which is uh, black magic. Uh, black magic is for those who are of the left-hand path. They're basically, that's based on materialism and getting what you want now in this world, the material world, with um, no work on the spiritual. It's mostly mainly material efforts to get more money and power on this plane. And that's basically where they're at. So when they die, they die. That's kind of basically it. There's nothing afterward for them. And that's also what makes them dangerous. They see nothing as having value, not themselves or you or anything, really. To me, a real witch is someone who has studied the craft uh, fairly deeply, uh, is using the craft to better understand themselves, to better themselves, to connect themselves to the world and the universe around them to work in tune with the universe. Um, and because it's in tune with science, it's a continual learning curve. Uh, witchcraft, uh, it never goes away. It, uh, it doesn't get old because it's constantly growing and changing along with nature and the universe itself. We're always expanding. And uh, this is going to conclude part two. I hope I uh, was able to give some useful information. I winged it off the top of my head with no books or resources. I just kind of, you know, it's such a deep subject that I really can't get too involved with it. Um, but we're going to look a little deeper into the music next week for Halloween.